Hello, and welcome to the Midweek Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. My brother has joined us from an undisclosed location somewhere in the world, and our mom has joined us from an undisclosed location in Pennsylvania. It's Downingtown, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> A lot of people from Philly don't know where Downingtown is, and I'm always surprised by that. Yeah, I always say Westchester. <laughs> I always say the next I ex- always say extant. I always say the next exit on the turnpike past King of Prussia. People seem to always get that one. Yeah. Matt Ryan's from Exton, but I don't think it's raised Exton's prestige at all. No, it no, hasn't. No, Chester Springs. Chester Springs is where Matty Ice is from? I thought he was from Exton. No, no, no. I'm saying that that's what people around here say they're from. No, only, though, pe- only that's people iffy at best. Only people who live in Chester Springs are like, oh, I live in Chester Springs. Like it's a big deal. No one else knows what's going on. People from the main line don't know about Chester Springs. Yeah, exactly. Do you think my mom's impressed by that? No. <laughs> anyway, we usually go through the uh, the last game, which was the demolishing of the Arizona Cardinals. But since we have GT here and my mom here, we thought it'd be a good time to just have a season check-in. We're about a third of the way into the season. Eagles sit atop the NFC East at 4-1. and one. We have the Carolina Panthers coming in. Uh, oh, we're going to the Carolina Panthers. A tough game, of course. Um, but let's, let's get into it. Let's start off with the power rankings. So I looked at all the major power rank. NFL.com has us as high as number two. Everybody has the Chiefs as number one, obviously. And then as low as number five, which is uh, the Sports Illustrated Illustrated Monday morning quarterback one. But most of us have us around number three with Kansas City one, Green Bay two, and then the Eagles three. What are your feelings on that, GT? Yeah, Football Outsiders has the Eagles at number five in DVOA, number six in offense, number 14 in defense, number one in special teams. So that feels fair to me. I I think the problem with Football Outsiders, though, is they still have Pittsburgh inexplicably and Jacksonville in the top five. I feel like we should be higher than number five. Yeah. I think that's fair. Now, how much credence you always look at DVA? How much credence do you give the DVOA? Yeah, this this early in the season because it's weighted by total plays, it can get kind of wonky. So you know, Jacksonville had two big wins, the one in London, and then they had the the pretty decisive win against Pittsburgh. So they get a lot of credit for that. Kind of distort where where teams will actually end up. But in the case of the Eagles, it feels pretty real because if you compare it to their playoff odds report, Eagles are now projected to end the season with ten points seven wins so basically 11 and five and an 80 percent chance to win the playoffs which is pretty spectacular this early on so uh as a homer i believe the eagles ranking and just no one else's <laughs> let's be honest though ray didinger never lo- uses dvoa to give his analysis that's true although also carson wentz i think he was he might have been they rank uh position players too i think he was in the bottom third last year i'm certain he was in the bottom third i think he was 26 this year He's number eight overall in yards above replacement, which is kind of the player metric. So he's one slot behind Aaron Rodgers. And so Aaron Rodgers that, is number awesome. seven? He's number seven, yeah. Who's number one? Alex Smith? And Alex who's Smith, two, three, yeah. four, five, six? That makes it laughable sometimes than <laughs> DVOA stats if Aaron Rodgers is number seven. Yeah, so it's it looks like it's Breeze is number four, Brady's number two. I'm trying to recall from memory. Mariota, I think, is actually number six. And actually, Goff is in the top five oh, right now. All right, yeah. enough said. <laughs> enough said. Mom, how, how does this make you feel? Would you take 11 and 5 right now? Totally. I'm so, cautiously optimistic. So why are you cautious, cautiously optimistic? Because I really feel like Carson Wentz is like a god. 
He's the real thing. And I actually think the coach deserved a B-plus for that game that he actually learned from his mistakes. Yeah, the ringer needs to quit it with their Doug Peterson bashing, especially Mike Lombardi. I just don't get why he's still trying to say what a terrible coach he he is and that it's all Carson Wentz. Because... You know, as I was saying to Joe on Sunday's podcast, the the coach and the quarterback seem to be very much in step. The game planning seems to be improved each and every week. And and when you hear him, you just hear the confidence in Doug Peterson now. So this he's a terrible coach. I think that that argument has to stop. Yeah, I, I think at this point, the ringer slash Lombardi are just sticking to that because they made such a bold claim early on. Like, it's just stubbornness that's that's sticking them to it. Well, even in la- this week's podcast, Bill Simmons kind of backed away from that. Yeah, Bill Simmons is tempering a little bit. Yeah. Lombardi is still being controversial. If you hear even, you know, Angelo Cataldi, he's giving Doug Peterson credit, and he was never the biggest uh, Doug Peterson fan either. So even the local, the local pundits that like to make outrageous opinions seem to be much aligned with what mom has to say. Being a DVA, DVOA, tell, tell mom what the Super Bowl pick is right, as of now. <laughs> Who has the best yeah. Super Bowl odds? The number one Super Bowl odds right now, and they, they come up with pretty pretty funny names for it, is the Andy Reid reunion special at 9%. Kansas City versus Philadelphia. The number one uh, most probable Super Bowl matchup. Coming in at number three, which is even funnier, is the angry Native American activist Super Bowl, which is the Chiefs versus the Redskins. I, I thought... I thought that's pretty interesting. Also very encouraging that the best chance, I mean, it's still kind of fragmented to make the Super Bowl. And what's number two, Chiefs, uh, Packers? Packers, yeah. Yeah. It's like the Super Bowl two reunion or Super Bowl one reunion. And then I think number number four is actually doesn't make any sense because Pittsburgh's in it. It's the Keystone Super Bowl. It's Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Wow, that's crazy that they still... They still have Pittsburgh that high. Yeah, and the whole first section of the write-up this week is Pittsburgh isn't as bad as you think. But I don't believe them. Well, the eye test with Roethlisberger makes them look pretty bad, especially <laughs> yeah. after five five interceptions. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Uh, Mom, speaking of scary, uh, the you've been saying that you dread that that Super Bowl. You mean with the Chiefs? Yeah, if the Eagles were playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I would be mad if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl against any team. But against the Eagles, you would be excited at least. I'd be very excited. But you'd be nervous. I would have to vacuum, have a cold com- <laughs> compress on my head, take Valium, maybe drink two quarts of wine. I don't know what I'd have to do to get through it. I got to say, you have to be a lot of Chardonnay in that game. Oh, oh yeah, whole bottle. Whole bottle of Kendall Jacks. (laughs) Maybe two. As as an Eagles fan, there's no coach I'd rather face more in the Super Bowl than Andy Reid, though. It's tough. Oh, I hate Andy Reid. Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of opponents, there's no one more likely to coach himself out of a win than Andy. True, true, true. He's been pretty good this year. You know, he's still the regular season, Matt. I know, but he used to make those terrible mistakes in the regular season too. (laughs) He was consistent. It wasn't like all of a sudden he was great in the regular season and bad in the playoffs. He was bad in the regular season too. You know, health is always a big part of it, so it'll be interesting to see. But Tyreek Hill, that he's a dynamic player. You know, Kelsey's a dynamic player. They just have so many weapons on offense, and then of course they have one of the best players in Justin Houston on defense. If if, if their key components can stay healthy, they're not going anywhere, especially since the AFC West doesn't look as as potent as it did in the beginning of the season. Uh, this goes to, we'll start with you first, Mom. What scares you most about this Eagles team? The sitting top 4-1, everybody's feeling good. What, what are the things that still make 
Injuries. Well, what specifically? What injuries scare you the most? Right now, Lane Johnson. Because we have a terrible record when he's hurt. Correct. GT, what scares you most? At this point, I guess um, I, I still just like get nervous for Carson. Um, like getting into a game where he gets in some tight spots and like he gets, you know, an injury because he tries to extend a play too much. That's really the biggest existential problem that I'm worried about. Uh, but I think everything else we can weather. I mean, or uh, I think short of your kind of like big three on defense, like Fletcher Cox, Jordan Hicks, Malcolm Jenkins, I think you're right about that. Any one of them goes down and our defense is compromised. On offense, I, I really just worry about Wentz. But Lane Johnson I'm not worried about now because it's just concussion protocol. It's not like he blew his knee out. Right. And it was funny. He secretly went out of that game and then – all of a sudden, they said he had a head injury, so you assumed it was right away a concussion. Yeah. And I would counter with the Wentz argument, if any team loses their starting quarterback, they're in a, a lot of trouble. If Green Bay loses Aaron Rodgers, they're effed. If we lose except, Carson Wentz, yeah. we're effed. So that's, except, except Jacksonville. <laughs> well, there you go. But they're in the AFC. I'm not worried about them until the Super Bowl. Right. So any any team in the NFC, if you look at any of the major contenders, if they lose their starting QB, they'll be in trouble. It, and it depends on how long they're out and things like that. So uh, you know that's. But I, but I'm kind of like mom, where it's like I'm worried about the big karmic injustice. It's like we finally have a great quarterback, everything's going our way, and then what if Wentz goes down with a season-ending injury? It'd be just the sort of thing to happen to us. Dread. Yeah, that's your the Eagles are cursed argument that mom likes to exactly. throw out there. Exactly. Yes, yes, and I agree with GT totally. That would be I would be hysterical and have to be uh, go to the mental institution. <laughs> I think we'd all check into the mental institution, yeah. institution if Wentz went out for the year. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, do you also have to go to the mental mental institution, mom? No, I'll just be really depressed for a month. <laughs> That's that's good to hear. <laughs> so it's not as bad as the Carson Wentz out for the year. That would ruin my entire year. So th let's talk about Wentz. Why do we think he is a god, GT, as mom put it? Yeah, you know, well, obviously I was watching like the highlights after the fact, uh, the Sunday's game. On the reel, you see the touchdown passes and they're impressive. But like looking at some of the post-game analysis, what I didn't realize is that, you know, on the Torrey Smith touchdown, that was Wentz completely, uh, not entirely impressive but he changed the play at the line and then Torrey Smith wasn't even his first read on the design play he just knew he had man-to-man -man on the outside and kind of like read the defense so there are big components of it where he's actually just playing chess on the field the way that Tom Brady does and that I wasn't even keen to and that piece of it makes me ultra impressed I can't talk right now you're just impressed with his his his, his pre-snap like yeah. his mental development which it's like so hard to pick up on that when you're just watching on TV. Yeah, and you know, Diddy talks about that. The guys at uh, Eye in the Sky talk about that. So right. that's something that seems to be one of the things that could make him a generational talent. And it's funny to see in year two, because golf has gotten better, so he'll always be compared to golf. He'll always be compared to Dak Prescott. You know, this year he sees and, he, and now Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I I'm not buying that hype. He's he's the kind of guy that he doesn't seem to you know people are loving him but he doesn't read the field like Wentz yeah. you know and it's one of those things where give him a year and then we'll see if if he if he's good next year then I'll change my opinion but you always give defenses a year to figure out someone like Watson 
and then it's it's a totally different ball game. So we'll see with Watson, but I would say you know he's always going to be compared to Dak and Goff the most because Goff went one, he went two, and then Dak is in the same division as him. So right. you know if you're looking at it right now, he's definitely played the best of the three. You know significantly, significantly than Dak. Dak's definitely taken a step back. So. You know, and I, and it seems to be his his mental game that seems to be the differentiator. It's also a credit to Peterson. It's a subtle thing, but like you said, Peterson and Wentz working hand in hand. You know, a bad coach might not allow Wentz to to change plays at the line this early in his career. Well, the good thing about Peterson is he used he used to be a coach. <clears throat> I mean, sorry, he used to be a quarterback who right. used to pretty much be a sort of coach. So. You know, Brett Favre always gives him a lot of credit for why he became a great QB. He has that mentality of he's going to give a, a good quarterback a little more leeway than a, a you know a defensive backs coach, for example. Right. <laughs> Since you love defensive yes. back coaches, head coaches. Yeah, I don't know if I do. That's just like a theory. <laughs> okay. So any any final thoughts before we take off, GT? No, I, I listen. I think I talked it out. I, I needed to jump on from abroad. I feel like I said what I, what I came here to say. Mom, any final thoughts from you? Very nervous about Thursday night. Well, you know, Thursday night, as I said on Sunday, I feel is gravy. If we lose that game, it's no big deal. It's on a short week on the road against a team that's 4-1. and one. If you read anything that even football insiders say about Thursday night is that they don't worry about it too much because it's it throws them out of whack. Yes, of course, they try to win the game, but it's not the normal routine. Players hate it. The coaches hate it, especially when you have to go on the road. So I would say don't read too much into Thursday no matter what happens. Of course, if they win, that'll feel great. But if they lose, I'm not losing too much sleep over it. It's the Redskins game that's the 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 next really big key game i'm gonna i'm gonna be like matt and bluster with overconfidence i think we're gonna win this game what? because I, I i think all those things aside i think that's right like not that we're gonna blow out carolina but this is where dvoa is helpful i think carolina is like number 17 overall and their offense is 20th overall and uh our defenses are kind of like uh neck and neck Carolina is 12th overall or 14th. So I think that Carolina is just a soft four and one. I think we're like a, a more solid four and one. And I think the matchup of our offense versus their defense will be decisive. And I think we'll win. I think that GT's gone off the rail. <laughs> and I also, I was also looking at the line last night. It was minus three and a half, which I think is a sucker line. Well, GT's so. already gone off the rails, mom. He thinks Matthew Stafford is better than Carson Wentz. Are you ready to eat crow on that statement? Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling that back pretty quickly. Pretty <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Who's Matthew Stafford? Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> He's the Detroit Lions uh, player QB that is the highest paid QB in the league now he's the highest yeah Q, highest paid did, player in the league yeah. I looked it up last night the defense or uh yards above replacement Wentz was eight but Stafford was 15 so I ate crow hard <laughs> eating crow hard yeah and they also beat at home against Carolina so that's a show that they aren't quite what you thought they were and I'll take Doug Peterson over Jim Caldwell speaking of mediocre coaches oh yeah easily all right well with that we'll be back tomorrow with another special guest since GT's still out of the country uh, for the Brotherly Love Eagles co- podcast and again rate us on iTunes and we'll talk to you soon thanks everyone bye